Now, we're um, starting a new three-week topical sermon series on the church entitled Together. You might think, oh, why are we doing that? Well, look, several reasons. First of all, today we're starting a new chapter in the life of the church here. We are moving from a co-ministry model of leadership um, to a sole minister model of leadership. And so, look, things are going to be a bit um, different. It's a time of change and it's a time of transition. And you might be thinking to yourself, you know, well, how different is it going to be? And and what's it going to look like? And what's that mean for us as a church? So I thought, okay, well, let's have a a sermon series three weeks uh, on it. If we take a step back and think more widely, you know, finally, dare I say it, you know, we're coming out of COVID and the government have laid out their living with COVID plan. And so we might think to ourselves, okay, as a church, how are we going to live with COVID going forward? No masks, no social distancing. Great. Is it, is it back to how it was, you know, before, completely the same as normal? We've got live stream, we've got hybrid Zoom gatherings. How is it going to work exactly? Who are we as a church? It's a time to reset I suggest the time to re-envision and how are we together going to move forward in this post-COVID era. Another reason I thought of, just I'm quite conscious that for some people, if you're, especially those of you who might be looking into Christian things or coming back into Christian things, is that you may have um, had difficult experiences with the church before, so you might be quite nervous in general about the church, a bit nervous perhaps about any form of organized religion. You love the idea of church, it sounds great, you want to get stuck in, but how, how can you be sure, you know, this church is going to be all right for you as well? So look, wherever we're coming from today, here is a great opportunity for us to get back to basics when it comes to the church, look at what God's word says about it, and hopefully our hearts and minds, my hope and prayer for this series is that we would each be like recaptured by God's vision for the church for us to see the central importance of it, to see the sheer privilege of belonging um, to it, and the indispensable role that each of us play in it. And there is a wonderful mystery to the church. It's hard to really get our, our heads around, hearts around, and perhaps that's why God gives us these rich metaphors in the Bible to help us grasp what the church is really about. And we're gonna look um, at three of these metaphors over these next three um, Sundays. Um, today, um, the, body, the church is a body, Uh, Then next week, the church as a family, and in the final week, the church as a temple. And each week, with each metaphor, there are two key things that I want us to see. Not just what these metaphors say about how we should relate to one another as a church, as we instinctively maybe think, but more importantly, and first and foremost, how Christ relates to us. Okay, so those two dynamics going on. Today, the church as a body, two key things for us to see. Christ, the head of the church and then us as the body of Christ. Okay, so that's where we're going uh, today. First of all, Christ is the head of the church, his body. And they may have noticed in our passage in verse 27 that the Apostle Paul describes the church in Corinth as the body of Christ. And by implication, every local church is the body of Christ. But you may have also noticed in the passage, it doesn't explicitly say that Christ is the head of the church. So just so we're absolutely convinced of this, I thought I'd give another verse for another part of the New Testament, Ephesians 5, 23. You'll see the verse come up on the screen where we read that Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the saviour. Let me break this first down into three parts. First, Christ is the head of the church. Not me. Not the wardens. Not the leadership team. Christ is the head of the church. That is very good news because Christ is perfect in every way. 
Think of the head, right? Think of the body. The head directs and guides the body. If the head wants the arm to go up, it does. The arm to go up, the leg, the leg, away we go. Obvious to say it, that the head leads the body. And the point of this is to say that if we are looking for direction as a church, for guidance as a church, in this new phase, this new chapter coming out of COVID, who is it that we're going to look to? Who is it where we're going to turn? Not first and foremost our visions, our values, certainly not to me, first and foremost we want to turn and look to Christ. He is our head. Who is Jesus? The one with all power, all authority, all knowledge, full of love and grace. His sovereign, perfect rule extends from the tiniest quark through to the very ends of the universe. It is very reassuring to know he is the head of the church. He is the head of every local church. Do you know there's been a Christian presence on this very site since 1100 AD. I mean, that is almost a thousand years of Christ ruling and being the head of, of the church. And by the church, let's just be clear, not a building, okay? The Greek word church, ecclesia, literally means gathering, a gathering of people. Christ has been perfectly ruling for a thousand years here in the parish. If it's his will, he will happily be the head of the church for the next thousand years. We are in perfectly safe hands. We have nothing to worry about with the future of the local church here as long as we, the body, are staying connected to Christ, letting him guide, letting him direct, prayerfully seeking his will for us. Which is where our vision and values come from, by the way. Secondly, Christ is the head of the church, his body. Now let's just pause for a moment there. Is that not an extraordinary thought? That Christ has so united himself to the church with such intimacy and connection that he now describes every local church as part of his very body, his hands and his feet, such that the primary way that Christ, now ruling bodily from heaven, is at work in the world, is through the church, bringing light and hope and meaning to the world around us, through us. Incredible, incredibly exciting. I was thinking about this, like if, if I was wanting to form some sort of new startup, if I was wanting to start a new business venture, if I had some important project coming up, you know, if I could, I'd try and reach out to the brightest and best and employ them. I'd seek the expert opinion of others. Or if we use the analogy of the body, if I was to choose a body for myself, I'd go for good looks, I'd go for strength, right? I'd go for good health. But what, who does Christ choose for his body? The, the, the poor in spirit? The weak? Moral failures, those who bring nothing to him but their own need, people just like you and me. That's who he chooses for his body to work through. Are you feeling weak today? Do you come to church recognizing your moral failure? Do you come to church just with your, your own need? Christ loves to work through you, through our weakness. He is strong, He is powerful. As we depend on Him, so he works through us as a body and we are 
brighter witnesses to our communities and parish and friends and neighbors around us. We, the church, are his body. Which leads us thirdly and finally to that last phrase where we're reminded that Christ is the savior of the church. A few verses later in Ephesians, we read that Christ loved the church, gave himself up for the church to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. How Christ loves his church. Many people today have a very low view of the church, don't think much of the church in a bit of a relic of a bygone era, out of date, irrelevant, not worth really giving much attention to. And look, maybe even us as, as Christian believers at times struggle with getting excited about church and being committed to church. But do you see just how much the church means to Jesus? Jesus Christ left the glories and comfort of heaven to be born into a broken, sinful, fallen world, to take upon himself a body, to live a perfect life and yet give up his body on the cross, to die for all the times we are sinful and selfish and live just for ourselves and not for God or for others. Then he rises bodily to new life and is now ruling from heaven and such that anyone who puts their faith in him can become part of his body and be his hands and feet in the world as a new community is being built by him and, and a new kingdom is reaching out to the very ends of the earth and one day will rule over renewed heavens and earth. There is no greater privilege than belonging to the church. With Christ as our head, with Christ as our saviour, it is a wonderful thing. And so more than anything else, let's keep connected to him. Let's keep as the body connected to Christ. It might be obvious to say it, right? But a body's not much good without a head. You chop a chicken's head off, I know it can still run around after five minutes, it's dead. That is what will happen to us as a church if we get disconnected from Christ. Let's keep close to him. You can have great music, great teaching, great community, great gifting. If there is no Christ, there is no church. We want it to be all about him here at ISJ. Music about him, that we sing to him. Teaching that focuses on him and his goodness and the gospel of grace and his word dwelling deeply in us. We want to depend on him in prayer, his power, his strength. We want community around him, caring and loving for him like he would, modeling Christ to each other, being Christ-like, being his hands and feet as we move out together in our daily lives. Let's keep connected to him. Something that um, new we're starting um, as a staff team tomorrow is we're going to meet together every morning at 9 a.m. to read a psalm, to reflect on it, to pray for each other and to pray for the church family. The reason I'm mentioning it to you now is just that we did want to open it up to the church family, conscious most of you will be at work or on your way to work, but if any of you are free, um, any of those mornings, Monday to Friday, 9 a.m., feel free to join us. One little way that we can keep connected to Christ as his body. And if you can't make that, 
Sunday services, of course, prayer gatherings, inspire groups, prayer partners, one-to-ones, and your own personal walk with the Lord. Vital means for keeping connected to Christ, our head, the one from whom all spiritual vitality and blessing flow to us as he guides and directs us as the church, his body. Okay, so that's the first thing to see, the first part of the analogy, how Christ relates to us. Secondly, now let's think about what it means for us to be the body of Christ and how we relate to each other. So take a look at verse 12 of our reading from 1 Corinthians on page 1153. And in verse 12, we read the following. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Notice how the word one keeps being repeated. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we're all given the one spirit to um, drink. We talk a lot here at ISJ about being united. We want to be a united and diverse community inspiring London with the good news of Jesus Christ. But I wonder if we realize just how um, strong and deep and connected that unity is. I think sometimes we can think of unity as, all right, you love Jesus, I love Jesus, great. And so so here's Jesus, here's us, and we both love him, and that way we're sort of united. It is so much stronger than than that. The moment anyone puts their faith in Jesus, comes part of the local church, we actually come part of of his body. So yes, we love him, he loves us, but we are interconnected in such a, a strong way, like different body parts are all connected to each other. So, verse 21 The eye, so a part of the body, the church, cannot say to any other part, to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Are you a member of the church here? You are indispensable. Just, could you quickly just look around, just sort of survey, I know it's a little bit weird me asking, just look around. Every other person you're looking at, indispensable. To you, we need each other. It cannot be said of any single person who's a member of this church, I don't need them. We are members together of the body of Christ. Verse 25. There should be no division in the body, but that its part should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Equal concern for each other. No cliques, no avoiding that person. Don't really like them, don't really need them. Yes, we do. We need everyone for the body to function properly, to grow together into maturity in Christ. If one person hurts, we all hurt. I stubbed my big toe the other day running up the stairs too fast. Um, The pain shot through my whole body. It's horrible. And that is the picture we're given here. If one of you is hurting, you feel it over there. Now let's mourn together. Let's rejoice together. We're in this together as the body of Christ together. Even before the pandemic and the lockdowns, I would meet people every now and again who would say something to me. Oh, you're a vicar? Yeah, I'm a Christian. I don't really go to church. 
I don't want to give them all the grace in the world, right? Perhaps they've had bad experiences at church before. Perhaps they've never been taught about the the body of Christ, our need for each other. Perhaps they've been so sort of lived within the individualistic age we live in today. They've just imbibed it. You know, it's all about the individual and individual personal me comes first over society or family or the church. And they've just brought it straight into their Christian understanding, their Christian experience as well. It is so dangerous to think like that. So dangerous. The metaphor of the body tells us that it is only in relation to other people that we can know who we really are. A foot only knows it's a foot as it realizes it is part of a body. And we're so often too busy carving out our own identity, seeking to find ourselves, that we don't really commit to church or commit to other people. And it's actually through the church, and when we commit to people, they actually find out who we really are. So if you are someone here sort of on the fringes of church, you're cautious about getting too involved, you know, because of what's happened to you in the past, look, I get it, I'm really sorry that has happened to you, but please, I do not want you to miss out on the blessing of being part of the body of Christ, where we need each other, and that's how we grow together. We find out who we truly are. Grow as human beings, grow as a church, spiritually. As we love each other, despite our many weaknesses and flaws, and we forgive each other as we'll need to do, but then grow together into the likeness of Christ. Conscious some of you, you know, the the blessings of now having super fast broadband in, in this church as we can watch online, but if you are healthy, if you are able to get here, please could I encourage you to make sure you are coming here each Sunday and not tempted to stay at home and just watch online for the simple reason that we need each other, that we are indispensable members together in the body of Christ and we can't function well if we are not in each other's life, not in a weird, scary way, but just in a natural friendship, community, spurring one another on in our walk with Christ type of way. One small practical step we are planning to take at the end of the sermon series is actually to close off the live stream sort of in a universal way. What I mean by that is that we still want to use the live stream for people who are away at work, um, if they are ill, um, if there's legitimate reasons why they can't come in to church. And if that's you, we'll, we'll give a code, you speak to the office, we'll give you that code so you can access it. But for everyone else, we're encouraging people to be back in person because this is where we need to be, face to face, not pixels on a screen in each other's lives, graciously, lovingly. We need each other if we're going to grow together, grow as God wants us to do. Now, what does that mean exactly to be the body of Christ um, with each other? Well, look, we've looked a bit of Ephesians today. We've looked a little bit 1 Corinthians. In Ephesians, in chapter 4, Paul says to the church, each of you are to speak the truth in love to each other so that we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 11, Paul talks about the specific, particular, unique spiritual gifts that God gives to each member of a church to help build the church up. And so there's a sense in which we've, we've each got something we can all do in general, speaking the truth in love, and then each of us have got something unique and special to bring to building up the church. That's how we are the body of Christ to each other. Think of every conversation before and after church. 
Something you can do is just like, okay, look, how can I speak the truth in love to this person? How can I listen to them well? How can I love them well? How can I point them to Christ if they're sharing and they're inviting in their heart? How can I pray for them? Great thing for you guys to be doing. And as you do it, know that you've got something unique to bring to that conversation because you are uniquely made and gifted by God. Don't think, oh, they'll do it better or someone else would be. No, you. If the conversation's happening, if the person's opening up to you, then be, a, be the gift of the body of Christ to that person. So being the body of Christ, receiving it from others, offering it um, to others. I suppose for some here, you do know the church is meant to be a welcoming loving, supporting, caring place. And you are very happy to receive the gift of the body of Christ from others. And so you will talk openly about what's going on in your life, some of the issues, some of the problems. Hey, please pray this for me. Perhaps you're so focused on that, though, actually in the conversations, you're not actually asking the other person how they're doing (laughs) and what's going on in their life. And and how can I pray for you? So let's just remember it's it's receiving, but it's also offering it to others. It's both and. On the flip side, some of you here are very happy to be the gift of the body of Christ to others. You love people, you care for people, you serve, you pray for others, but you never really open up your heart and your life to others, to let them speak into it, to to seek their help, um, to ask for their prayer. Perhaps you think you need to have everything sorted or at least have the appearance of being sorted. None of us is sorted here. We all need each other. So receive (laughs) the gift of the body of Christ from others. It is a marvelous thing. And if we are all doing it, we'll all be growing together, becoming more mature, more Christ-like, more united, more bright witnesses in the world around us. Now, each of us is going to lead one or two of ways here. You know, you work it through with the Lord, what it is for you, where the challenge is for you here. And I suggest each of us will have a particular gift in this because God gives these spiritual gifts to each of us. Um, And you'll want to lean into your God-given strengths. If you're new to the Christian faith and not really ever thought through spiritual gifts, you might want to read later today or this week one of the four main New Testament passages that speak of spiritual gifts. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. You can grab me afterwards if you want those references again. And as you read through one of those passages or all of those passages, you might want to do that like prayerfully before the Lord, before Christ, our head, the one who guides, the one who directs, and say, hey, look, Lord, where is it that you have particularly gifted me? And you want me to be the body of Christ to others. And as you're doing that, you can ask a friend, someone who knows you well, you know me, where do you think you know, God's gifted me? You could ask yourself, what do I most enjoy at church? What am I good at? Where do I naturally see needs and and opportunities? But don't get too hung up and trying to work out exactly what it is. Just get stuck in, come along, be the body of Christ, and it will soon be clear to you what your gifts are. Now look, when I say get stuck in and serve, I don't just mean signing up to church rotors on Sundays, okay? Don't hear me saying that. Um, It does include that, by the way, and if you have the gift of reading, of praying, of welcoming, refreshments, music, tech, let me know. We need you, okay? But it is, it is so much... Hooray, Miguel. <laughs> it is so much more than this. It is all of life. Okay? Not just on Sundays. Inspire Group on Wednesdays. Every day of the week. A text message. A phone call. Meeting up with someone. Speaking the truth in love. 
bringing your unique, unique God-given spiritual gifts to serve and build up the body of Christ. So can I encourage us all to think that through, commit to praying that through this week, bring it to us, because we need each other. This is the first metaphor that we're looking at this week about the body. Christ is the head. We need to keep connected to him in the week ahead. And we are the body of Christ. So let's be that body and use our gifts, receive and serve one another in the week ahead. Let me pray that for us now. Let's pray. Father God, we thank and praise you. You don't just save us individually. You save us corporately. Christ loves and has died for the church. He is our head, our perfect head, who guides and directs us, loves us, has died for us, coming back for us. Please help each and every one of us to keep connected to Christ in the weekend. Help us as a church to be Christ-centered in all we do. And for us as the body of Christ, help us to live that out, to be open to receive the gift of the body from others, but then to offer and be that body to others. And we pray this so that you would grow us in Christ, unite us and mature us in Christ, and that we can be your hands and feet. What a privilege in our parish, in our communities, across city, across the world. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.